ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. G'day guys, I am John. Uh, I am 20 years old and I listen from Australia. Uh, big thank you to you guys for doing what you do, for chasing what you love, and all the while bringing it to us for free. Uh, a small donation a month is the least I could do for the inspiration you bring us and the information you package uh, out of your own goodwill. So, kudos to you guys, and yes. Love to be a part of the journey. Thank you. Hey, what is up everyone? Hope you are all doing well wherever you are in the world. And thank you so much to John for that audio message there from Australia. Thank you so much. We love these audio messages and please keep sending them over. In these audio messages, we want them to be more about you. We know you love the podcast and it means so much to us. But we want to know more about yourselves, what you're up to in the world and where you're located. So please keep sending those in. And this week, we're joined by uh, allegedly Dave, a.k.a. Dave Murphy. We recorded this conversation in Brighton. We met up with him for the day. And Dave is a very interesting person. He's somebody in his old life who was completely immersed in the American dream, let's say. And he worked for a very prestigious New York consultancy company. And he was earning serious amounts of money. Then I think it was in 2012, he started an experiment to see if he could free himself completely from the matrix, working for a period of three months and then seeing if he could make that money stretch for six months. Then the six months after which he planned to go back into the matrix, into the system and make some more money. Eventually, he didn't have to do that because the money stretched over far beyond into, four, into a period of four years. And then for some inexplainable reason, he soon found himself feeling the urge to leave the house that he was renting, completely minimalise his life. Then he got the idea to buy a motorhome and he now travels all around helping people free of charge on many different areas of, the, of people's lives. And he's a researcher of the money system, the three man on the land, free energy, health, black history, space and physics. And he's somebody who we could have talked to all day about many different topics. He's a very knowledgeable guy. And some things we talk about in this one, in the early 2000s, Dave actually got a judge arrested, which is a really interesting story, which you'll hear in this podcast. We also talked about how he's helped many different people become debt-free in the system. We talked about the money scam, the law system, language, promissory notes, traveling on the planet three man on the land movement and so much more and if you want to see us sustain this mission that we're on and trying to create the best podcast we can please consider supporting us via our patreon page or our one-off donation option any amount will be a huge help and will give us a huge base to keep doing what we're doing 
and bringing all these amazing conversations in your life as well. And me and Chris, as you know now, are traveling all over the place. We're really trying to up our game as we as we know that these in-person podcasts, the quality of these conversations and the richness that these bring to your lives and our lives is something different. And if you want to help us keep doing this, all we ask of you is if you consider supporting us via our Patreon page or our one-off donation option. And please tell a friend about the podcast as well. People underestimate the power of telling a friend and how much this actually supports the podcast. And something that I didn't even want to bring up in the intro, but it's on me. It's really been on my mind. And to be quite frank, it's really pissing us off about the power of telling a friend about the podcast because over the last few months, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but a lot of content and a lot of podcasts and a lot of great video content out there in the world is being getting stopped and banned from reaching the people. Lots of new laws and legislations are being passed all around the world in Congress and in Parliament in the aim of certain people who have certain agendas to stop you from seeing certain content so they can control it all and try and control what you're seeing and what you're not seeing. And quite a few guests who we've had on the podcast who who we really recommend who we highly recommend have had a lot of their videos and their pages and their social media pages tucked down. And over the last few months this has been happening to our stuff. A lot of our content has been by a lot of social social platforms has been made invisible to the people. So we're posting a lot of amazing content out there and people aren't even seeing it. And in my opinion, this is a last ditch attempt by these evil people and corporations who run the world to try and take control back of this this Monopoly game. But at the end of the day, the way the world has gone now with information, it's gone too far. And so one thing that I am, I just want to say to you all is that, like I said earlier, the power of telling a friend is so powerful. There's a great quote and it says that by one of my favourite artists of all time and he says, the the power of word of mouth is more powerful than you've ever heard about. And it is so true. If you go around telling people about a positive thing in the world or some someone that's doing something good, corporations or people out there can stop can stop a social media post from reaching you or a certain video or a certain audio track from reaching you. But the thing that they can never and they will never ever control is word of mouth. So any, anyway, you people out there are honestly all amazing people. We get loads of great feedback and some amazing emails from you all. And I hope one day we can all meet in person and we can sit up all night chatting around a campfire or whatever. So anyway, enjoy this podcast. Anyway, thank you so much again for doing this again <laughs> after the great debate we just had. Um, first question I want to ask you is, well, it was why allegedly Dave? I've always wanted to know that. <laughs> well, it actually comes from um, comes from the uh, free man movement. Yeah. Um, now, we during the free man movement, we realised that uh, you know the name is a bit of a trap. So you'll find that uh, a lot of uh, a lot of free free men on the land will use things like commonly known as and uh, also known as or whatever something like that. 
Um, so I went, I was being interviewed by um, a guy in Australia or New Zealand and uh, I'd been on there three times and, and the previous two times I was, I was known as something else. I was like yeah. Dave Starbuck or Dave of the Murphy family. <laughs> you know? um, that one? Okay. Yeah. So Dave of the Murphy family. And uh, so the third time I went on, he goes, okay, well, what do I call you? What do I call you this time? And they said, I know, I'm going to call you allegedly Dave. And I was like, no, oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> and it's kind of stuck. So That's brilliant. That. That's really cool. Um, it's funny because you were saying before about how like the identity of the name as well, because there's a bigger picture of that as well, sort of like allegedly Dave, like my name's allegedly Dan, he's allegedly Chris, because we're all allegedly really, that's what that's the bigger picture of it. I mean, there's one that I always get all the time, and uh, I hear this a lot, is when, you know when somebody approaches you, and the first conversational piece that they'll say to you is, oh, what do you do? And there's always one that I like to turn around to them and say, what for fun? Because there's always this sort of, this cultural sort of mechanism to like, to, mm. That your import, your significance on this planet is your job. Yeah, the work you find that, that you a lot. Do. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's part and parcel with this society because, for one thing, um, no job is relevant these days. Yeah, and yeah. the jobs haven't been relevant for sixty years. All of these jobs that we're doing um, could have been automated, you know, sixty years ago. Mm. It's, we're just doing make work. Yeah. yeah, and and the you know the clue is in the the name of the thing, occupation, keep you occupied. Yeah, busyness, busyness, yeah. keep you busy. You know, <laughs> that's all it is. It's, it's just keeping us occupied. Yeah, you know, so that we don't ask questions and we you know we're spending nine to five spinning our wheels, doing meaningless jobs. Yeah, what, when you said the free man on the land before, for people who don't know, what is the free man on the land movement? It was really um, a bunch of people who've actually started to realise that um, you know the law, um, the the legal system that we're under is is kind of a bit of a con, um, and we've been trapped into contracts and uh, and you know other other things without our knowledge. Um, it's a it's a big subject, but uh, you know the the language that we use, you know. When we talk to somebody in, uh, you know, in a legal context, you know, we're talking in English, but they're talking an entirely different language. Yeah. And we don't know that. We just think they're speaking English. Yeah, it's because the language legalese is, looks like English. It sounds like English, but it's a completely different language. So, you know, you start talking to somebody in a legal context you know, you're incriminating yourself. You're agreeing to things without your knowledge. Mm. You know, yeah. So, a, there's a there is a big language wrapped in. That. I mean, did you see the guy called um, the the natural living man? Did you see him? So basically, he was a guy in oh yes, in Canada, in Canada. I think yes. it was, and he was basically all he was doing was he's, which is is his right really to feed himself to survive, which has been done for thousands, if not millions, of years on this planet, mm-hmm. and they took it upon themselves because of legislation and try to stop them i thought it was a really powerful story that well this is the thing you know they've they they've taken out a way or they've tried to um fool us into giving up our natural rights yeah you know we we know that we should be able to go anywhere on this earth we were born on this earth you know we can we can go anywhere yeah yeah um, we can literally do anything as long as we don't harm or injure anybody or um, cause damage to their property. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. 
but we've been sort of engaged in this system which has now put limits on all the thing, everything that we can do, literally. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to go from, from here to there, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. there's, depending on how you decide to do it, there's somebody going to come along and say, well, no, you can't do that, you know? Yeah. Um, if you if that if here to there in, includes crossing a fictional line on the map, exactly. then you need a pass mm. in order to go from here to there. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a quote as well. Somebody said it one time in the podcast, and they said if you look at the see if you look at the planet from afar, or whatever. I know obviously not getting a flat Earth, but if you look at the planet from afar, you would never see um, borders and stuff like that. You would just see this sort of this beautiful flat marble <laughs> earth or whatever you want to call it but this beautiful planet with you wouldn't see the borders no lines or borders, yeah, no borders or countries or lines, no. yeah these these are just inventions they're human inventions by this system to keep us uh, you know enslaved in in these tax farms um so yeah if you decide to go from here to there but you decide to get into uh, you know a, a a device with four wheels that will take you from yeah. here to there very quickly, then somebody's going to step in and say, no, you can't do that. You know, you have to pay me, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's, you know, when you step back from this society and start looking at it, with Chris Guy, you're like, well, this is crazy. And then when you start looking into it, you find that this, is already, this has been intentionally built around us, yeah, to, to enslave us. So... A lot of a lot of people have well back in I guess two thousand eight to two thousand thirteen ish that was the heyday of the uh, the free man movement. Yeah, um, a whole bunch of people started to question and started to actually look into the so called law, which turns out not to be law, but really turns out to be something called the legal system, yeah. which is completely different from law, and then started to realise that. You know, we were trapped into things without our knowledge. And a good example is driving. Okay. Um, first of all, you got a driving license, right? Well, who told you you needed a driving license? <laughs> well, yeah, nobody right. did. You you just looked around you and saw people had driving licenses and you thought, well, I guess I better get one. Yeah. Right? So when you got your driving license, you know, you, you, you took your test and, um, you know, there was an examiner. And after you, you know, passed your test, um, you got a driving license. But um, did the examiner sign the driving license? No, uh-huh. you do, don't you? Yep, you well, agree. Well, this is the thing, you know, a certificate of competency, which is what we think a driving license is, well, it's signed by somebody to say that you're competent. <laughs> but in this case, you sign it. So what you're doing is signing a contract. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, yeah. an, it's a contract saying that you are waiving your natural right to travel in any way you see fit. Yeah. Um, if you wanted to build a plane and, and fly, you know, from here to there, yeah, it's up to you. That's yeah. that's that's down to you. Yeah. But you waive your natural right to travel in any way you see fit for the benefit privilege of being something called a driver okay so how it works is this you are one step down from the creator yeah so there's nobody above you apart from the creator yeah and a created thing is always um, less than the creator creator yeah so anything that you create is going to be subservient to you because you're going to be more than that creation 
So we collectively created government. Government is below us, yeah? The government creates fictional entities. Yeah. Driver, taxpayer, resident, occupier, all these, all these fictional entities. And if you identify, which in, in uh, legal terms mean to make the same as, yeah? So if you identify as a driver, then now you've, you've taken a step down from, you know, just below the most high to under government. Yeah. And now they can do whatever they want with you because you've now said, oh, no, I'm one of, the, I'm one of your entities. You've yeah. admitted, you've, you've uh, confessed to being one of these entities. Now they can do what they want yeah. with you. It's mm. even harder as well, though, when, when people do start to try and get away from that and people read, like, you realise that crap, I realise that crap, Chris realises that crap. But see, like, there is one person. I mean, there's been many people throughout times who have tried to, like, strip, strip themselves away from that. But then there's not only is that legal crap there, there's the whole, that legal situation has caused public opinion to also be, like, so if you do something that's different, you only haven't got the law on your back. You've got the majority of the human beings who are going, mm -hmm. "Oh, look at this crazy idiot! Look at him!" And then they'll side with the with of the course. legal system. That's that's how that's how the police get away with doing some of the crap that they do, and the judges get away with doing the things that they do. Yeah, yeah, it's because um, the public have been brainwashed into believing a, a lie that you know that these. Well, basically, the, the government is above us, and mm. uh, and you know the the courts have certain powers, and the police have all these powers, and well, they haven't got all these powers. Yeah, there's there's a reason why there are so many cop shows on TV. There's a reason why there's also so many lawyer shows. Yeah. You know, and all this stuff. This is what television is. It's social conditioning. It's it's mm. it's programming. Yeah, making you believe. Um, you know, uh, a false reality. Yeah, so they they show you what police can do mm. on television, even though they can't do it. You know, just because uh, I can't think of a police show, but yeah, just yeah, just because yeah. you know you see them um, breaking policemen breaking the law left, right, and centre on television, then you don't bat an eyelid when they break the law in front of you. Yeah, yeah and you do become neurologically connected to the scenes that you watch, so you begin to perceive even if it's a, like a science fiction film as real when you're in the present moment of watching that film. If you actually watched a film and um, an fMRI scan uh, analysed your brain, it would see your, your, your cognitive actions in your brain where showing you like your your body wants to stimulate a response yeah. to a film. These, these films and TV shows are that intense, that ingrained in the brain for your stimuli to to show that you're real and the more that we watch the news the more we condition ourselves that this is norm normality this is reality uh, exactly yeah. Yeah. and we condition ourselves in that state that we're losing touch of this reality the, the outside yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah um yes the the human brain and the, and the body cannot tell the difference between a real experience and a and an imagined one yeah so when you watch television what that's given you is a false reality you know false experience yeah, mm. so you watch EastEnders, for instance, yeah. right? And you'll come across uh, experiences on there that you probably haven't faced before, yeah? So you watch that, and it becomes like a surrogate experience for you. Mm. So that when you do come into that situation, you already have a response ready. Yeah. And it's literally the EastEnders response. 
so so that's why you get all this strife out and you know out in the world because there's so many people watching programs like that showing the only way to deal with with uh, you know um, certain circumstances is with violence and you know with with hatred and all yeah. you know all the eastender type responses yeah mm. and so people act that out in real life not yeah. because they want to it's because they have this false experience yeah, condition, yeah. which you know how many people how many times have you had this experience where you know you you've got into an argument or something and and you at the end you go why did i say that yeah, why did i yeah of course well, that's, that's because a that's why. response. You've you've been you've had this false experience. It's kicked in for that certain experience, and you've just played it out. And you like step back afterwards and go, "Hang on, why? Why did I? I didn't want to do that." Yeah, <laughs> no, I find that a lot after you're watching um, TV shows, especially um, dramas, where you start of like you start to form the identity of like the the character that you're watching. You're you're instigating like, say, if you're watching a hero character, you. St- you leave the cinema. You can. You'd more. You're. You would be more willing to engage in hero acts, such as helping someone across the street or mm-hmm. um, picking someone up with the fall over. Whereas if you watched a, um, say, a martial arts film, you come out and st- immediately you're programmed thinking, "Yeah, I'm. A, I'm a, ready for a yeah, fight." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My dad used to tell me like when stories of when he used to watch um, Bruce Lee films at the cinema, and he said everyone would go in calm. And then they'd watch the film, and everyone would come out thinking they had all these moves and starting to fight. But that's the, that's just showing you. Even in the seventies, that still mental condition was real, and people perceived what they seen on TV as them themselves. Well, what's really more insidious now is uh, essentially what the social conditioners are doing. They're emasculating men. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So you watch anything on TV, the male characters are kind of slightly effeminate and weak and uh, and literally i mean this is something i picked up on the the new doctor who yeah the new doctor who there's a, a it's now a woman mm. and you look at the male characters in that show it's like you know there's one one guy who um with with his wife and his wife said i'm gonna do this so you you step in the background and you you, you throw the switch you yeah. know, <laughs> while i go off and do the hero heroic thing yeah. you know that that's a complete role reversal mm. right and it's there deliberate it's there to make men more like more like women and women more like men yeah yeah so um so don't watch television turn that thing off and throw it out yeah yeah definitely. There was a, um, there's another thing as well which is going on in the world, and like and we and you've noticed this in various films that we watched. You don't watch many films now as you yeah. used to, especially. I'm main- very selective anyway, especially mainstream films. But I remember we well, watched all mainstream. F- anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we remember we watched the film The In Between Us, yeah. and there was a man who's on a, like a spiritual progress. Oh, yeah, on this it. is very interesting. And, and we, I've noticed this in a lot of films that a lot of people who are on a spiritual progress are, are asking the bigger, more deeper questions. They are ridiculed a lot and in films in films and to make you think like oh that's that's a that's a loser way of looking at life he's n- he's definitely not cool the way he he looks and acts and people who are actually forming a like um a seer spiritual identity no matter what it is whether you are um a buddhist a christian or whether you are just someone who believes in like magic or whatever but you always seem to be portrayed as Loser, some form of loser or an outcast, a society outcast, especially people who are just trying to find a form of spiritual betterment. So, is that going on in the world as well? Like, a decree, uh, like, 
I don't know how you put it, like a, like a lessener of the soul sort of saying everyone is... Well, the, the, the default position that they'd like everyone to be is atheist, yeah? Mm. Um, that's the default. But just in case you don't fit the pro, you know, um, accept the programming, they created all sorts of religions out there. Um, all these religions, and some, some of them you wouldn't think of as religions. Uh, science is a religion. That's it. You know, it's a belief system. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's there. Science is there to, to make you believe that the whole world is a natural place, natural process that can be easily understood, you know, one brick on top of another, so on and so on. Mm. Yeah. Whereas the reality is it's a supernatural place. Yeah. And all the things that, um, you know, are, are considered supernatural, science says, no, don't look at that. They put it in a box and say, no, this stuff is um, an anomalous and, yeah, don't look at that, it's rubbish, yeah. yeah. yeah? Um, but, you know, this is this is the world. That is part of the world, This these supernatural events. They, they are, they're real and uh, they're ignored by science, yeah. you know. Um, so all, all religions were created to keep us away from the truth, yeah. essentially. Is there, is there a stem... Is there a, like a globalized agenda to stop them, um, see a third person's eye awakening? I don't think we've ever said that on a podcast, really, is it? Uh, well, you know, the the third eye business again. It's another belief system. You know, I, I I was there at one point. I was in the New Age movement and spiritual and all this stuff, and think you know, looking at chakras and uh, you know, yeah. uh, de de uh, calcifying the pineal gland, all this stuff. It's rubbish. Oh, Seriously, wow. it's all rubbish. Yeah, um, there's, there's. In the end, what they, what this is all trying to do is trying to to transcend the physical world. This is what the, you know, their goal is. You know, and all these Eastern mysticism. But we're here. We're here for a reason. We're here to experience it, not yeah. spend our time trying to get out of it. You know, yeah. <laughs> or or you know, connect with some higher part of us that's not in this this game. We're here for a reason, so you know that all, yeah. all these, all these sort of uh, Eastern mysticism, religion type things, and New Age spirituality is all about you know disconnecting you from where you are right now, you know, <laughs> uh, and getting you focused on something else. Yeah. Do you think there's? there's I was say, do you think there's a part of that though as well? I do completely understand what you're saying, but I still think there's a, there is a little part part of me inside is that that see if you do sort of. Whatever, whatever you believe in your mind, like I'll have, see if, see, for, for me, I'll have like a, if I take psychedelics or whatever it is, I mean, and there's no doubt to me that this, that is something outside of this reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's times where you can take psychedelics or it could be a lucid dream. It could be even just a, I mean, I know you like meditation. You have very sort of strong meditations, but whatever, it, whatever the practice is, it feel, feels to me a lot of times, like I am connected, a lot of times I'm connecting with something that's a lot higher than myself. Mm-hmm. And in them situations, I can, there is situations where I feel that that is providing me something in this reality as well. Or like giving us a, a nudge in a certain direction, so right. I think there's still a little part of that. Yeah, but um, my research into um, the Old Testament basically gave me a completely different uh, different view on on that whole subject. Um, yeah, I, I used to do um, I used to have cannabis journeys where yeah. I'd take uh, I'd eat cannabis and it would teach me stuff. Yeah, um, I started to realise that yes. You, when you um, take psychedelics, 
you are disconnecting yourself from your body. Mm. And most times you're allowing something else to jump in. Every time you do something like um, alcohol, if you take too much, you drink too much alcohol, right? You disconnect yourself from your body, yeah? That numb feeling that you, yeah. you can't feel your body so much. It's you literally disconnecting. Um, and the more you drink alcohol, the more disconnected you get and the more something else can jump in and take over. And just like in the film Get Out, you get relegated to the sunken place where you're just you're just a passenger in your own body yeah yeah some people are really real alcoholics you know they do all these crazy things you know act completely different from their own their natural um personality yeah um and when they when they sober up they half the time they can't even remember it Mm. or they're barely aware of it yeah it's it's them in the sunken place and something else is in control and do it, you know, acting in the world. Yeah. Um, and the same, same with all these psychedelic drugs, yeah. You, you know, they, they, they're nice and sort of uh, interesting and informative and all that at the beginning. But the more you get into them, the more they start to take you over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you disconnect from you, something else connects, connects in you, you're in the sunken place yeah. again. Do you think, I'm oh, sorry, I was going to say that, you think at any point, um, whether through cannabis, whether through um, whether through any form of of a trip, do you think you will lose a part of yourself and not regain it? Um, I don't think you lose a part of yourself. You again, you disconnect somewhat from this world. The, I say the more you in, engage with them, there there is a spiritual plane. Yeah, we're we're aware of it. Whenever we go to sleep, we yeah, definitely one hundred percent. But um. On that spiritual plane, again, the Old Testament tells you what's there or who's there. It tells you that the the Nephilim, when they died, they weren't supposed to be here. So their spirits didn't have anywhere else they could go. So the, the disembodied spirits and the Nephilim became the demons and the, the nature spirits and, the, you know, anything disembodied. And they've got so many names, but they exist on that plane. And the thing they want most of all is to become incarnate again. Mm. So if if they find somebody who will let them in, and you basically have to invite them in, then yeah, they're over the moon. Yeah. Mm. And you know these things will will tell you what you want to hear. They'll show you what you want to see. Yeah. You know they'll engage with you in ways that you you know you think are amazing. Mm. Yeah, just so that you interact with them, so you engage with them, so that they get more of a hold on you. Let's go on um, across a lot of big things other than just um, other than just form of drugs. It's going through a lot of even money, financial, like it's like kind of the seven sins. Really, they all seem to get you in the end, like in an aspect of like greed, gluttony, yeah. and like uh, someone can overindulge yeah. on a on like say a chocolate cake or burgers and whatever, and the body the body seems to be giving away that sort of some sort of um, self power in the mind and they're kind of letting in this this weakness this this physical entity i'm not i'm not sure if it's a spiritual entity but they're letting in something that is completely disingenuous to who they are i mean we're the only species on the planet that would self harm itself mm-hmm. in a in a critical way like such as over overindulgence or 
Like if you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, there's a reason why the elite, you know, if you want to join their secret societies, first thing you have to do is is compromise yourself. You gotta, you gotta shame yourself. You gotta do things that are, you know, disgusting that you will feel ashamed of, and that again mm -hmm. splits you from from you, you know, and and then something else can jump in, and the more that you are able to be possessed as it were the the sort of more you know the the further up in their in their sort of uh, secret society chain you get you go yeah. essentially sort of like dehumanizing yourself really as well part of it isn't it? yeah um the the this kundalini thing you know there's people talk about having a oh my kundalini oh, whatever um turns out the uh, the elite know really well what this kundalini thing is you know they they activate it by well they they use anal sex because there's a bundle of nerves at the base of the spine and if they hit it just right you get this this thing going up your back like a snake but it literally again it's it's like an instant disconnect <laughs> that you instantly disconnect from from the body and again something now can jump in and take over Oh. That's why they do it, you know. That's what they do. What they do. Do you know before as well when we're talking about the the legal system as well? Mm -hmm. Is it is it true that as well that like you led a committee that sort of um, arrested the judge as well? I seen well, a video about that. <clears throat> yeah, I was part of a, a group that uh, kind of planned this uh, this arrest of a judge because we knew what this judge was going to do. You know, uh, essentially, um, there's a guy called Roger Hayes who uh, was having a a council tax case and we'd found out that uh, judges don't act like judges you know they act as though it, well act in a form of a tribunal where they can pretty much do whatever they want mm. but as a judge they're confined to certain actions only so um, if you hold the, the judge to their oath then they have to act like a judge they can no, long, no longer do whatever they want they have to act within the confines of uh, their office. So um, Roger basically asked this judge, you know, um, you know, can we, you know, can you quote your oath? You know, can you bring, bring forth your oath? So he asked him three times. Third time he refused and he said, arrest that man. Oh. He didn't say arrest that judge because, you know, because he couldn't produce his oath, he wasn't a judge. So he said, arrest that man. And we had two guys, you know, ready one of them made a lunge for the for the for the judge <laughs> as a distraction, basically, because there was a couple of cops in the uh, in the in the court. So he made the lunge. The cops jumped on him, and uh, and then and the other guy walked around calmly, walked around onto the bench, and uh, put his hand on the judge's shoulder, said, "I'm arresting you. You don't have to say anything," and said the whole lot. Um, and so that judge was arrested. Oh. He got rescued by the police. Rescue is actually a term. Um, an official term, so the 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 judge, you know, still officially at large, you know, yeah. Um, and we found that this judge has never sat a case since wow. then. So um, and subsequent to that, I mean, I, I had a court case um, maybe a month or so later. Um, it was just a speeding ticket, but I wanted to see what it's like to be in front of a judge. If you can handle yourself or something. Yeah, I mean, I've never done it before. <laughs> so good. I wanted to see what, what would happen. 
So um, I turned up at this court and only asked for, only got like a 20 people or so. I didn't want loads of people there. I just wanted you know, a few people there to witness. Um, so 20 of us or so got turned up. There were three van loads of police outside. Oh, I was predicting you're coming. <laughs> yeah, and there was uh, the, the court itself packed with police. Okay, <laughs> just 20 of us, you know. <laughs> um, when we went to go into the courtroom, uh, the the clerk said, "No, no, the, you can only you can only have eleven of you go in, because well, obviously they didn't want us um, to form a jury. Yeah. So, <laughs> so can, can I only have eleven of you to go in?" I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> so, um, so I went in, and it turned out there was a district judge there. No. This was a magistrate's court over a speeding ticket. So sort of up the game, ready for you. <laughs> yeah. So they had this district judge, and this judge wanted to play. You know, he was like. It was like rubbing his hands together, like you know, this is, <laughs> I'm gonna get get to get a good game because yeah. obviously you can see these guys, you know, it's like uh, next stamp, next mm, stamp. Yeah. But he he was like he was relishing this, so we had this great chess game, oh. and uh, I nearly I actually cornered him at one point. I'd got him if I just pushed just one more yeah. one more push, and it'd have been over. Um, but he was such a good player. Yeah, I was going to say they've got the system so well known. Yeah, and he was he was a good actor. So um, I I'd got him. He just sort of brushed it off and said, "No, no, no, not having that," and, and moved on. And I was like, "Hang on a second, it didn't work." What? What? And, and that, in that hesitation, he basically ran away with it. Oh, wow. But um, and he fined me. This was again a speeding ticket. He fined me six hundred and ninety-five pounds for this speeding ticket. But I had the last laugh because I paid it with a promissory note. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, but it was a good experience. Um, and uh, and it, it showed me that they knew, they know that, uh, you know, what we did, you know, uh, well, it had an effect yeah. on these judges because they, they all knew what was, you know, what happened and um, and what might happen to them. Yeah. You, you know, when you were speaking there about the promising, promising note, um, could you actually just, sort of dissect that a little bit more just for people who don't know because I think that's a very very uh, interesting thing okay um, a promissory note is uh, pretty much what you might expect it to be it's a it's a just a piece of paper that says on it I promise to pay the bearer yeah. and uh, you could say on demand or a certain particular date I promise to pay a certain amount of money all right and you sign it um, and that's it it's just an IOU yeah. And just like if I was to deal with you and uh, I ain't got any money on me, look, I'll just write you an IOU and, you know, you can claim it back later on. Yeah. And they're legally binding as well. Well, yes, because go into your wallet. You've got a wallet full of promissory notes. Yeah. Somewhere it <laughs> like says, <laughs> somewhere it says, I promise to pay the bearer the sum of £10. Yeah. And it's got somebody's signature from the Bank of England. Yeah. Um, and uh, And it's got an amount on it. Yeah. So that's a promissory note. And the thing is, if you go to the Bank of England with your £10 and say, I want the money, because that's all it is, it's an IOU, right? And this is where the fraud comes in. You go to the Bank of England and say, I want the money, right? What, they, what do you think they're going to give you? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> they're going to give you two fives back. <laughs> oh, really? It's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not no. worth anything. It's, there's no money in this system. Right? It's just the promises that eventually somebody's going to pay. That's mm. all it is. Yeah. Right? So when, when you make a promissory note, it's, it's exactly the same as that 
£10 in your pocket. Yeah, It's your promise to pay. It's your promise to use your energy to work to earn that £10. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all the only money in the system is your energy, your yeah, unlimited course. energy. Well, a lot of, like that, because a lot of people think that when people think like a lot of people say, oh, the money makes the world go around, the money makes makes this, we build things here, we build things here, technology advances, but it's actually not the money that makes a thing. We're the, we're the thing that makes it. The, sure, like you said, we're the, the energy. energy, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And that's all that's being traded, your energy, yeah? Um, because you know we think the money comes from banks, but no, it comes from us. Yeah. You know, you go into um, you go into a bank and get uh, to get a loan, right? So you you get presented with a loan agreement, right? You sign it and stuff and uh, give it back, and you think they move money from somewhere from 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 their vaults, put it into your account, you use it, and now you've got to pay them back with interest. Yeah. But that's not what's going on. Mm. You know, you sign that uh, that loan agreement. Well, now you've created a promissory note. You promise to pay three times the amount that you're borrowing. Yeah. And now all they do is they, they take that promissory note and cash it and give you credit to the value of. Yeah. OK, credit in their system. It's not money. Yeah. yeah? It's, it's these mm. digits that aren't don't won't do anything in the world unless you go to another bank <laughs> within their system and they'll recognize those digits and say oh yeah you've got so you know without banks the money's worthless yeah, yeah? Mm. so um so literally they've just given you credit right another thing they do is they take that that um uh loan agreement because now it's worth three times three times the face value with with interest so what they do is they sell it they take it and they sell it onto the market it's a security yeah. it's worth the three the three times amount yeah um so it's just like if you wanted to borrow um uh, borrow 100 quid from me yeah you give me a, a gold watch as security yeah so when you pay me back that 100 quid what do you expect to happen to receive the gold watch back. Yeah, what if yeah, I... Yeah, but they don't do that, though. <laughs> what if I told you, no, I'm sorry, I sold it? Do you think that's right? No, nothing Do you think you owe them anything? <laughs> no. If, if you found out that they sold it, yeah, before you started paying off the uh, the loan, if you found out you they'd sold it, do you think you owe them anything? No. Nope. No. No. That's right. what goes on, though. <laughs> that's what goes on. As soon as they... As, as soon as they, uh, they sell that loan agreement... That loan agreement is the only proof that there was a loan. Well, if they haven't got it, how do you know that there's a loan? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Right, and the it's, the loan's already been paid off because they've been paid for that um, for that security. So, you know, one of the one of the ways of dealing with uh, bank loans is to say, um, "Can I see my wedding signature on the uh, on the loan agreement?" Because I just want to just want to verify my yeah. my debts. Mm. Can I just see the uh, loan agreement with my wet ink signature on it? Yeah, you have to ask for the wet ink signature because they might give you a photocopy. Mm. Well, photocopy. It's like um, you you um, I give you a I give you a tenner, yeah, and you say I'll give it back to you next week, and next week comes and you give me a photocopy of a tenner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's not. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so if they come up and say, okay, here's a, no, that's a photocopy. I want to see my wet ink signature on the actual document that I signed because that's, that's the proof. You know, photocopy isn't proof. Mm. Right. So if they can't produce that, where's the debt? Exactly. So that's one of the ways of dealing with it. Again, that's, that's the way, the free man way is like, okay, prove your claim. If you can't prove your claim, you've got no claim. Mm. So that's that's it. Um, I was able to get rid of a $9,000 credit card debt with that. And uh, um, I dealt with a few other things for, for people as well. Yeah. So, Like you said, though, it's like it is so hard to like find our way through that. I mean, how, how do you think someone could actually like find the way through that? Is it more, would you say, just would withdrawn a part of who you are from this from the game itself? It's, it's more actually um, actually understanding what's going on in the system, yeah? yeah? Um, actually just do some research and find out. All these, all these debts are fake. My, one of my friends actually killed himself. He hung himself because he was, he was deeply in debt. And I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gutted that I couldn't even get to talk to him before I even knew anything that even he, he was in debt. He'd, he'd already done it. Mm. Um, I wish I'd been able to speak to him and tell him that it's it's, illu- it's an illusion. Yeah, if you want to get rid of it, just just do this. Send him a letter, and mm. and it goes away essentially. Then people start thinking, well, what it's me a credit check, and I'll not be able to get anything in the future. And that's me. Right. I'll, I'll be stuck. I can't afford a house. I'll not be able to get a house. Well, fa- well, funny enough, if you um, if you did get rid of say a credit card debt, um, then that, and they put a, a black mark against you in on Experian or something. Well, then you go to Experian and say, I dispute this. I want to see proof of this debt. Yeah. Mm. Well, Experian will have to go to the bank and say, where's the proof? And they haven't got any. Yeah. So the mark goes away. Oh, there you yeah. go. How do you, how do you think somebody though on like say say somebody who hasn't got debt because I know there's I know there's a lot of people who have got debts out there but say somebody who just basically just wants I mean like like myself in general as well I want to just sort of because I'm I'm at a point in my life now where and I, I think there's going to be a lot of not just I'm not just being ageist here but there's like a lot of younger people who are coming through this now and they're waking up and they're saying like what are we doing like we don't need this big house we don't need this like they're trying to live an alternative lifestyle how do you think people on them terms, on a more like practical level, on, on things that they can do that they're in control of right now, what do you think things that they could do in their life to sort of start freeing themselves a little bit? Right. Well, that's that's the uh, that's the key here because yeah. um, there's a lot of us who want to get out of this system, but yeah. the system will not allow you to yeah, get out. So hard. Yeah. Um, you, there's a lot of people. I meet a lot of people who want to live off grid like I do. Yeah. Um, but. You know, again, every every step you take, there's uh, so much shit. Yes, and they they want they they always want to pull you back into their system. So the the suggestion I have for people is to start, um, you know, removing your dependence on their system. Stop removing your dependence on their money. Get rid of all, you know, irrelevancies in your life. You know, you don't need um, fifty or a hundred TV channels. You don't need a TV. Chuck that away, you know, cancel the sky, yeah? yeah mm. um, just get rid of all the irrelevancies in your life, yeah? Um, you know, if you get rid of the, those irrelevancies, you'll find that, you know, you probably don't need the job that you're doing, you know, that mm. you're taking up all your time uh, just to get the right amount of money so that you can pay for all these irrelevant things. 
So you might need a, you might get away with a, a job where you don't need to get paid as much. Mm-hmm. So you free up more time. And, and again, if you take all these steps away from the normal nine to five life, yeah, uh, and, and sort of reduce your dependencies on things, okay, your life gets a lot easier. Yeah. yeah? And then when, when the opportunity comes, because if you're looking for a way to live off grid, yeah, if you, you keep that in the, in the back of your mind at all times, um, opportunities will arise for Manifest you. Manifest definitely does. Yeah. And, you, you know, if you're in the right frame of mind to, to grab them, you know, i.e. you're not dependent on, you know, the amount of money you get, you're not dependent on, you know, the bills you have to pay and all this stuff, then you're in a position to, to, to actually grab these opportunities when they arise. Yeah. It, it is interesting though when you do start. I mean, even there's something I've realised, because in my life I've went through a stage where I've started really minimalising my life. Like, to the extent I, life I used to live in the past to the life I live now is completely different. But what I, I think is beautiful about is that not only for myself that I recognise it, people around you recognise it and they start thinking, you've got a little bit more time here. How? How? You, how, how? Mm-hmm. And then, then that's when they ask the question, that's the doorway to their mind and you just say, oh, well, I just did this instead of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beautiful thing because a lot of people think that, oh, this is out of my control, I can't do everything, but it's, it is in your control to Absolutely. make them little All chess moves. Every time. The thing is that this system lays out a path for you yeah it's already laid out a path for you you know if you if you want to do what everyone else does you want to get a house so you have to get a job yeah but you have to be qualified so you have to get this and that or you have to get a car to be able to get to your job so you have to get pay tax mot and insurance and and there's all these things you have to do Mm. and they're all designed to to keep you tired keep you ground ground down you know keep you paying out so that you know you never quite get out of the situation you're in because you know your money mm. you you only hold on to something like you know one percent or you know probably less than that of what you earn yeah, yeah? everything else goes in taxes and invisible taxes yeah <laughs> literally so you only hang on to like a one percent or something maybe two percent of what you earn and that's not enough to keep get you out of the situation you're in mm-hmm. yeah but there's that path and if you don't do anything you naturally end up on that path mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but you've got a, a whole world of alternatives yeah you the, there's an infinite number of ways to do anything yeah if you can find and um, you know that's what i do for people and i help them sometimes i help them change the way they live just by finding, uh, giving them a new perspective and finding another way. So the path's here. You can find a path that goes off here. And so you can kind of bypass all the things that they, they make you have to do. Yeah. yeah. So you can find a way around it. Um, any, either of you watch Star Trek The Next Generation? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it in the past. I have, yeah. There's an episode where Data, the, the android... Um, is is having to play chess against this grandmaster, and this grandmaster beats Data, and Data has this like crisis crisis of confidence because yeah. I'm a computer. How can he beat a computer? Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the the show, Data plays him again and beats him, and everyone goes, "Well, how did you manage to beat him?" He said, "I changed the parameters by which I played the game." Mm. Yeah. Instead of playing to win like 
they expect you do expect you to do yeah mm. so that's that path yeah? yeah instead of playing to win i played to stop him winning yeah, that's good. so he went off this way and he ignored everything that was on that path and he did his own thing and he ended up winning yeah uh, i'll give you another um, movie quote yeah <laughs> We love movie quotes on this podcast. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, m most people have seen it's relatable movies, as well, isn't it? It's very relate relatable. To it. Yeah. So there's a film called uh, War Games. You ever see that yeah, one? Yeah, it's good. One. Yeah, the yeah. computer that takes over wants to, to yeah. destroy the world. <laughs> brilliant, yeah, brilliant film art. But good, good concept as well. The amazing, the the best line of that film is one of the the, the last lines of that film. Yeah, it t tells you everything you need to know about um, playing in this system. Yeah. It says, the computer says at the end, interesting game or strange game. The only way to win is not to play. Oh, I like that. Oh. That's beautiful. Do you, do you think we'll ever get to a point where sort of this this whole system that is being, it, it's been cleverly sort of set up for us to, 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 to lose the game, to a sense, do you think that'll ever turn on its head and we, we will, like the people themselves will regain the power back? Do you ever think that? Well, yeah, you're right. It's um, it's a game that's designed to to. Look. It's like Monopoly. Yeah, I've yeah. seen this in the car. Yeah, um, yeah, it was good. Monopoly is um, is a game where there's always a silent winner. There's always one son, and he will always inevitably win. Yeah, see if you can guess it. Do you know who that is? No. Take a guess. On a Monopoly board, who's the winner? The banker. The banker. The banker yeah. always wins. If you you know, if you imagine the game um, going to to its end and the the one person at the end wins, yeah. But let's say you you carried on the game, you continued the game just with that character, right? He goes around the board, yeah. yeah. Eventually, he'll end up with nothing, yeah. All the taxes he'll he has to incur yeah. <laughs> as he goes round, yeah. yeah. He'll end up with nothing, and the banker gets it all. This is the system we're in, yeah. In a system, it's the game's so large that we don't see it in operation. But um, you you gave me an example of um, the, the the elite make um, yeah. added where they they got like the richer got richer by I think it was thirty percent or something within the last year. Yeah. More added thirty percent more money onto them. So, so yeah. where, who else is not getting that money? So yeah, so if if they if they made like um, the rich richest people made you know four trillion dollars you know more than they did last year, yeah. well the pot of money out there is finite. Yeah. So if these characters got four four trillion out of that pot of money, that means there was less for us to be able to pay our bills. Yeah, definitely. So when they got richer. Hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, lost out. You know, didn't have enough money to pay their mortgages and got evicted. Or, you know, it's 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 one of those games where, you know, th there's only that finite amount of uh, money there. And, and you know, when it, once it's gone, people lose out. Yeah. You know, it's like musical chairs. Chairs get taken away and people go, oh, I, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. I've got no more chairs. Yeah. Do, do you think, do you, do you like perceive in your mind, because I've heard a lot of rumours people saying that the, the, obviously we know that they just print money and they just pump money in the system and stuff when when they make the, make mistakes and things like that. But a lot of people say that that system is come, now is eventually going to come to an end and that could just end up right, completely Right, I was, I was actually coming out, so, to that. Um, yeah. Well, it might surprise you to find that um, the Old Testament 
is telling you what's going to happen you know right now right now in the end of days it's where we are um this system can't carry on as it is because what well, america is something like 21 trillion dollars in debt yeah <laughs> 20, we we've just got our heads around <laughs> we've literally only just got our heads around what a trillion dollars is Remember when the first bailout came out yeah. and they said, oh, yeah, the, the, the bailout's going to be 500, uh, 500 billion. <laughs> yeah. And people were like, well, what is? And they had to show on television, you know, what 500 billion looks like <laughs> so that we could get it in our heads. Yeah. yeah. And that was just, that's like half a trillion. Yeah. <laughs> so nuts. Right. So, so we've only just got the concept of a trillion dollars in our head. And now America is, is $21 trillion in debt. Yeah, the system can't carry on. Mm. We're seeing it falling apart, you know, d almost daily. Yeah. yeah, all the, um, all the uh, other these other countries. I think Venezuela. Yeah, that's crazy. There dumped the American dollar. Um, there are other countries have started to say, you know what, we're we're going to be trading in euros from now on. Yeah, previously when America had more power, anybody who said they're not trading in dollars would be would be attacked. Mm. would be invaded mm. and freedom brought to them you yeah. know <laughs> but uh you know but that's it it's not it, it can't happen they, they're stretched too thin yeah. you know and too many people are starting to dump the dollar yeah. so mm. it's gonna it's gonna collapse um and the old testament says it it will collapse and uh there'll be a new system but yeah. there's a huge amount of people who do their utmost to not make this collapse because they're making a, a huge globalization they can't they can't do anything about it every time there's been a bailout yeah the bailout has had to be much much bigger than the last one and it lasts a shorter amount of time mm. because that's the nature yeah. of debt the more money you create the more debt you create which fuels the debt crisis <laughs> which means you need more money to pay off the previous debt mm. Actually, but isn't isn't this only affecting the lower class and the, the upper class the elitist aren't seeing this deficit. Um, well, typically, when when um, in this uh, money creation idea, um, if you if they create um, a, a billion dollars, yeah, if they use it straight away, yeah, they get the benefit of it. But as soon as that that billion dollars is spent, well, now that's weakened the amount of uh, that that the money's worth. Yeah. Because there's now a billion extra there, so that dollar, each dollar is worth that much less. Mm -hmm. So the second-hand money is worth less, and you can't, you can't, you know, use it for as much, and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, the money isn't being isn't being used; it's being hoarded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's you know, it, so the the it's being worth it's made worth less. But it's being hoarded, so yeah. nobody's nobody's really gaining from it now. Mm. You know, um, the ones the ones who uh, who are the elite they've already they already have all the money anyway. Yeah, definitely. So I, we, I heard a, I heard a rumor as well. I don't know if it's. I mean, you might have some, something to say on this, but uh, basically, the uh, I heard a rumor that because in the world now, if you look at, I mean, it's been ongoing for the last maybe ten years. I think probably is longer, but. Uh, if you notice that all the countries around the world, like who's getting pressure on them, so like we know now North Korea. At one point it was Cuba, it was Libya, it was Syria, and 
North Korea. I'm not sure. I said North Korea. Maybe Afghanistan, Iraq, Cuba, Afghanistan, Iraq. Yeah, Libya. they were all the countries that didn't have a centralized banking system. A so Rothschild-controlled central yeah. bank. Yeah. So all them have been getting pressure on them all the time. And if you look in the media now, look at the countries who haven't got a centralized banking system. Mm-hmm. North Korea getting all the pressure, all the media on them, and stuff like that. I heard a rumor that, I mean, and this might not be true, but it said that one of the reasons why they want the whole monopoly board is because they're going to actually collapse the dollar itself yes. but they don't they can't do it now because north korea will go boop yep. above them that's, that's the thing that yeah. they they have to control all currencies so before they coll- they collapse the system but you know this is this is the plans of men yeah it's not going to work you know this is the thing about the old testament yeah it was written by somebody or you know inspired by somebody who's outside of space and time mm. so it's like uh, the whole of the story has been written in a book. So uh, as, a, as a reader, you can go to the beginning or to the end. You know, if you've read the book, you know what's happening on any, every page. Yeah. <laughs> so um, essentially, the, the end has already been written. Yeah? And uh, we're just having to play it out a page at a time. Yeah. Mm. So it doesn't matter what they do. You know, this is a, a personal journey for each one of us. Yeah. Um, so the events are all going to already been written. Yeah, the personal journey is which side of the events are you going to be on? Yeah, are you are you hopeful for the future? Then what's going to help come come around? I'm absolutely yeah. optimistic about the future yeah. because, as I said, it's already been written. And um, as, as I said, it's like it's like um, if you have an ant colony, yeah, and um, that ant colony knows that uh, you know in thirty days. Sorry. I thought I thought I had it. Okay. <laughs> that ant colony knows in thirty days it's going to be destroyed, or half of it's going to be destroyed. All right. Um, and if you, you know, it, it then comes down to um, the ants deciding which side of uh, of of their world they're going to be on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because half half the ants are going to be destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from the big picture, just half the ants are going to go. On the macro level, on the you know, on the, uh, the, the you know, not macro, the micro level, our level, it's, it comes down to us deciding which side we're going to be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's it. That's the the key to all this is your own personal journey. Yeah, we're in a place where anything can happen. We can, you know, if you want to have an experience, you can have it. Mm. It's just that we're in. Um, some people have used that power. To lock everybody else into yeah. a to a paradigm where you can't do anything you want, but the point is, we're in a in a sand pit, yeah, in a playground, which means you can, if you wanted to fly, you could, you know, find a way of strapping wings on your back and fly. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to do anything, you can do it in this place. But we've been set here in this place and given free will, and told you can do whatever you want. And it comes down to: Are you going to act wickedly? Or you're going to act righteously, yeah. yeah. It's like a personality test. I've said this before. It's like a personality test. If you were in a room with a hundred people, and you knew that twenty-five of them were psychopaths, and you had to figure out who are the psychopaths, well, you could do a questionnaire, and you might well you couldn't have on that questionnaire question one: Are you a psychopath? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Question two: Do you like killing small animals? You know, <laughs> you know, because the psychopath is going to go, uh, no, no, you know, <laughs> maybe. <Right. Yeah. laughs> so you have to you have to give questions 
where there's no right or wrong answer mm. and then determine from those answers who's a psychopath. So let's extend it to, to this world. What if you, in, you know, in spiritual terms, you, know, you had a hundred spirits, a hundred uh, souls, and you didn't know which ones were the wicked souls? Mm. Right? So what you might do is create a physical realm, incarnate, incarnate them down here with no memory of who they are and what they are. Form amnesia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in this place where they can do anything they want, yeah, and say, off you go. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's a, it's an open-ended like question. That. It's yeah. like, what are you going to do? And there's no right or wrong answer. But if you act wickedly, well, there's going to be consequences. You know, that's that's where we are. Yeah, you're the one who has to individually analyse your life in the aspect of what you, how you choose. It doesn't matter what society is doing or what society says or, or what your friends are saying or what. It all comes down to your choice. Mm. What are you going to do? It, my, my son used to play a, a, a Star Wars game and it was a little kid who had a, a, a lightsaber. Yeah. And he'd go through this game and he'd have to make decisions throughout the game. And depending on what decisions he made, that kid grew up to be a dark lord or a Jedi. Yeah. Oh, and that's wow. it. That's where we are. You're, you've, you've been put into circumstances. It's like, it's, I love that, by the way, the acknowledge. I was trying to, th I was, what I was thinking of in my head there is, see, I don't play on computer games anymore. That was one of my things I stripped away. I had to smash that up. Mm -hmm. But in the past, I remember playing a game like, say, Grand Theft Auto. And initially, you would go around and you would, like you would, you would drive cars and you would steal cars, you would kill people do all the missions and stuff but then eventually in that game you'd want to start like thinking like this is not right and you want to start trying to help people like there's loads of games like that where you start mm. you actually you do all the bad stuff and then you think nah eventually I do want to start helping people it's like it's like a bigger need with inside yourself to want to that's, help people that's a good point because yeah. you can be on the dark path yeah this whole society is the dark path yeah <laughs> you only have to put you only have to put television on for, for 10 minutes to see um, people breaking all the commandments and uh, you know doing wicked things, yeah. you know, and seeming to get away with it. Yeah, um, it's again, it's telling you, hey, this is your reality. You can do all this stuff and you'll get away with it. Yeah. It's yeah. so hard though when you do start um, when you start waking up as well though, because yeah. I had an example with my girlfriend and like I would say, I mean, she should probably laugh as it's saying this, but I would say that she was somebody who was more like con conditioned than I was. And she used to always say, oh, you've got it so easy. You've got everything so easy because I'm aware of like certain things that's going on and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then now she's become more consciously aware. She realizes that actually when you do become more aware and you start realizing that what you're immersed in, mm -hmm. it's actually a lot harder for you. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. But it is when you do start realizing these, what the the, the game that we're entrapped in, mm -hmm. you start waking up and looking around and you're thinking, whoa, it's, it actually, yeah. you feel like it's a lot more harder. Like sometimes it's actually, it's easy to be more numbed out, even though I wouldn't want to be there than it is to be like starting on waking yourself up and looking around at the world well that's that's a mark of whether you're wicked or not yeah you can if you love this wicked society you'll do well in it yeah you know if you're a wicked person mm. you know psychopaths do well in this system yeah yeah they get to become heads of, of corporations they get to be chief constable they trample on people don't they yeah the because they, they they're be wicked yeah um but you know you can be on this dark <clears throat> path you know, just going along with society. And at some point, you can say, this is wrong, just like you were saying in the game. Yeah. This GFK. is wrong. I don't like this. Yeah. You know, and you can jump across to the light path. That's what's called repentance. That's all it means. It means turn away from evil 
and go back to the law. Yeah. It was like JFK went through the same thing as well when he was in the pres- presidency of the United States. Because he was all fully focused and it was just going to be about the war in Vietnam and then all of a sudden he's going against the war in Vietnam, wanting to pull all the troops out. America straight, um, sorry, the CIA had no inclination of this like going to be happening. Mm. End up killing him? That's what I, bl- I think it was the CIA, definitely. Yeah, well, I say it was, I think it's because of the money, the $4.2 billion of silver certificates he put out there that would have destroyed the Federal Reserve. Mm. Um, but, this, but this is what I'm saying, you know, you're on a dark path, you can always, at, at any mm-hmm. point, jump across. Yeah. And when you become aware, you know, the, you, you stop living in ignorance, you can jump across and say, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be like this anymore, and I'm going to do the right thing now. Mm-hmm. And and that's it. You end up on the light path. But woe betide you if you're on the light path and then go back to the things you were doing. Yeah. Well, that's it. You're stuck on the dark path now. Yeah, I think your psyche as well. Though when you do that, your psyche pun- starts punishing you in the in your day to day life. I've noticed that if you start mm. straying back, your psyche doesn't let go because you've gone too far now yeah. making uh, making good decisions. Your psyche sort of it'll nudge you in the right direction. I, th- I feel anyway in my life. Well. Yeah, because oh. the, the psychopaths, the wicked souls, they have no intention of jumping across to that light, yeah. light path. So they're on, you know, they're on that that, that journey. So, mm. so yeah, that's that. And it turns out that I um I was looking at a book that was taken out of the uh, Old Testament called Second Ezra, and there was even some missing verses out of my Bible that I had to track down. Oh. And it literally tells you that that's exactly what's going on. You know. Uh, Second Ezra calls it a contest, and uh, you know it's it's literally, you know, are you going to be wicked or are you going to be righteous? Yeah. You know, mm. that's what it is. Yeah, should we leave it there? Yeah, okay. let's wrap it up. Great podcast, Dave. Dave. Thank you, Dave. Oh. Allegedly, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> yeah, allegedly, Dave. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Wow, what another great podcast conversation that was. We really loved chatting to allegedly Dave. Really had a fun conversation. Some good stuff covered in that one. Also as well, a lot of controversial stuff as well. But please as well, as I always say, please do further research as well. And always keep an open mind on everything. And we really do have some interesting conversations lined up in the near future on this podcast. I know we've had some great, power, powerful guests over the last few weeks and months. But coming up in the near future, we really do... We really have upped our game and have some great conversations coming up in the near future. So keep an eye out for that. And if you can, please tell a friend about the podcast. Tell a family member about the podcast. Spread the word of this podcast. It really does help. And word of mouth is so powerful. And if you want to help or support the podcast, you can do that for our Patreon page or a one-off donation option. We don't run stupid ads that never that don't serve you on this podcast. All we ask of you is if you can support us. So anyway, wherever you are in the world, have an amazing day, peace and love.